do hate building. Because I can't do it. It's like one of the few things that, that this game has on top of the other competitive battle arena type games. There's got to be a reason why they took it out. Like, it's, it does say it's for the time being, so it's a temporary feature that's probably driving the story and that you get the ability back. Because uh, what I've read from the Overcharge Shield, that is, that is what gets depleted first, and I, I need to read a little more. I don't know if it replenishes itself, but it gets depleted first, then you start losing your re- regular shield, then health. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want three health bars either. I'm interested. This shakes things up because anytime we're playing and we run into the builders, they take us down pretty well. Yeah, they usually get us, except for last night. Except for last night, three in a row. Congratulations. And then Becky caught COVID. Oh. Way to bring it down. I just thought that would be a good hook end, and you could just start the podcast music. <laughs> it sounded like you said Becky Cock. He's doing uh, like some advanced SEO, uh, trying to get keywords uh, proper. So Becky Cock COVID. I watched a whole five minute video on it. I'm pretty much an expert on Cock COVID. <laughs> Welcome to John's Mostly Movie Podcast. I'm your host, John. Joining me today, I have Nick Edwards. Hello. And putting it together, producer James. Ahoy. Gents, we have officially arrived at spring. It is the spring solstice today. Um, Also, this past week was St. Patty's Day. Um... How was your St. Patty's Day if you went out and did a little celebration? And how are you feeling about spring? Uh, I don't trust spring. The weather is still the same for me. It is. I got to turn on the air conditioner when I drive to work. I got to turn on the heater when I drive home. So. I don't trust it. How's the city been with South by Southwest? Uh, I'm avoiding downtown mostly. I, I did go out for St. Patrick's Day, and I only made it about halfway Went to Baker Street. I was like, like halfway through the day, or? <laughs> yeah, I, halfway from my house to downtown. So I didn't get into any South by stuff. Missed Nick Cage, Rosalie Dawson. Sorry, hold on. I threw... I think there's an ember in my trash can. Hold on. <laughs> James, how was your St. Patty's Day weekend? It was pretty chill. Uh, I didn't do any sort of formal celebrating for the holiday, but uh, did... Uh, my partner and I have a uh, semi-regular uh, uh, Friday evening... Uh, ritual of getting legally stoned as we can do here in this state uh, and watching a movie in New York you heathens so Chloe has uh, we'll we'll have a a gummy and then we'll watch something ridiculous and we watched uh, on Friday night Honey I Shrunk the Kids yes and then uh, to to counterbalance that with uh, a good movie, some like it hot. What do you wait? I what do you mean a, a calen- good movie? Count- I was about to say, what do you mean a good movie? Both are good movies. What's last time we seen? Which one? Some like it hot or Honey? I Shrunk the Kids. Honey. Look, don't ruin this for me. Stop it. I know where you're going Look, with this. It was one of the VHS tapes that uh, I had growing up, 
and as such was was there was a lot of nostalgia happening but also uh recognizing it was a children's movie from the 80s uh Fair. rick moranis okay. is is doing some amazing work uh but also it's it, it is <laughs> it's a kids movie from the 80s it's a kids movie from the 80s so you can't you can't be too harsh on it but that's that's fair um uh but the that said uh some like it hot i had never seen uh so that was my my first time seeing that and it was terrific colin farrell watches it once a year does he really (laughs) it's in his hot ones interview that you mentioned it i think it's his favorite movie that was a good uh hot ones interview a lot of the Hot Ones interviews are good interviews, but that one especially was... He's an excellent interviewer. Like, just, he's gotten that multiple times, just more so... Well, him and the team that does the research. I'm assuming he doesn't do all the research anymore. I'm sure at some point he did when it was first starting out, but I'm sure he has at least one person helping him out. But yeah. they do the right amount of digging in the sense of, like, they really know what subjects that they're interviewee wants to talk about and knows what subjects like they have to like to hit all the points for the PR. You see it multiple times that he like brings something up and the person's like, Hey, like, yeah, I want to talk about this. If you, if you uh, take a look on YouTube, you can find a super cut of all of the times that an, a celebrity stops the interview to say, hey, how did you find that? That's, Wow, you're really this is good. Or or he asks a really good question that they have to stop and be like, no one has ever uh, addressed the material in that way uh to me in a question like to to engage with it such uh he's a very good interviewer. Yeah. It's what we strive for here. Um so please go check out Hot Ones interview before us before you do. Make sure to subscribe to us or tweet us at John, J-O-N, underscore, podcasts on Twitter. Yeah, and he's moved to do Impossible Wings, too, right? So he can get vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe, uh, who who did he have? I forgot who he had on that was uh, vegetarian, but if they are not sponsored by Impossible yet, Portman. then that would be a miss. Yeah, I like all the memes that are coming out of this. It's just, they, they put a row of hot sauces in front of people and stuff that are in movies like uh, Robert De Niro and Heat. <laughs> or uh, Death and Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, gents, I have some news. I have, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I have a uh, buddy who has a bottle of the um number eight uh beyond insanity yeah uh, the the one that is like to hear everyone that goes through that show describe it the the most painful and and like sharpest point in the curve as things escalate as you go up the the scale did your friend get it out of novelty or because they enjoy the flavor uh, I think out of novelty. I think it was a curiosity uh, to see what it was. So we we cracked it open one day and tried a little bit on uh, a bit of pretzel as uh, Chloe was making fresh pretzels that day. And it was unpleasant. It it made my mouth hurt. You, you could feel the pain of those interviewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... I have no desire to go through hot ones. And by no desire, I mean I will absolutely do it because that means like um, this podcast took off and we are clearly there together promoting season four. But it's going to hurt. Like, you know that, right? I have to go through mm-hmm. it. Like, our podcast can't, we can't show up on hot ones and not go through it. And we can't show up on Hot Ones as John's Mostly Movie Podcast and John not make it through the second wing. I'm going to have to, like, train my acid reflux for a year before that and a year after. I'll probably need a stomach um, transplant. 
mm, temporarily. Took, I want my stomach back, the old but I just need out. one placed in me for the Hot Ones interview. Destroy it. Oh. Then place my other stomach back. I don't know if Sean Evans gives you a year in advance notice. I just got to feel it. I just got to feel it. I got to feel like, hmm, this next coming year, I'm going to hit some good advertisements. Um, we're going to you know, get some good listeners on board. Maybe a tweet goes viral, and we'll be there. I need to start stacking up on uh, Pepsid. I am now imagining you trying to explain to a doctor, a, a medical physician, that you would like to elect to have an internal organ replaced because you really feel like this year your podcast is going to take off and you might get uh, an invite to go on a YouTube show and eat spicy wings. I am fully confident that that is not the weirdest request that they would have heard in maybe the last two years. I'm very confident on that. So I'm okay with it. What's the worst they say? No. What's the best? Hello, Sean Evans and new stomach in my system I can destroy. Oh. I, I see this as an absolute win. I, if this is L.A., maybe if those doctors get that kind of weird shit. Yeah. The doctor's going to charge you like $100 just to show up and, and tell you no. He's like, What? No, you know what? I'm charging you double just for that question. Give me your insurance card. I'm keeping this. <laughs> I just need a billet. A lot. Okay? Because you've pissed me off. I need to make sure you don't go somewhere else and try to get this done. Like, I'm sitting there. It's like, Doc, look. I'm not a doctor. That's why I'm here. And I have a high respect for you. So I'm just going to speak in my normal language, and you're going to translate it to me into, you know, what the medical terms are. Okay. So, Doc, do you know what a heart transplant is? I'm sorry. That's a stupid question. Of course you know what a heart transplant is. But heart transplant, okay? They're possible. Science is amazing. Take that. Head a little south. Not too south. <laughs> Stomach transplant. Yeah. That said, if you want to keep going south, if you want to keep going south, I understand I need a referral and we gotta you know, I, I probably go like somewhere else for that. Um, you may need a urology consult, but uh... um, all right, must have a regular doctor. We, you just already know these. He knows about the heart transplant. I, I have to ask my doctor. I'll let you know how it goes. You're familiar with the concept of a heart transplant, right? You've seen them in movies. I know you're a podiatrist, but. Or it's like in. Um, That's forgetting a doctor Sarah Marshall. specializes in children's feet, right? <laughs> Not quite. That's a pediatric podiatrist. Yeah, it's a weird feeling uh, to get into. Pedo, pedo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see this as an absolute win. All right, gents. We were touching a little bit on this, but to give context to what we were talking about. I've got two little news subjects for you that I want to get your insight on. First one, we are familiar with Epic Games and their hero product, Fortnite. Battle Royale. Fortnite, as any other games, has Battle Pass, it has seasons, and its last season just concluded. The servers went down for maintenance to install the new season, and from what I see on Twitter, decided to go down a couple more times. Um, but they're back up, and there's two things. One new character came in, Doctor Strange. That's right, the Doctor Strange from Marvel. The second one, though, was a feature that they took out. Which is built. I, I, I unlocked all the Spider Man, almost all the Spiders Man from last yeah? season. Just missing one. Which one? The last one, the, the gold one. Um, 
Well, they took building out of the game. I don't believe you. I I know you don't. Uh, There's an article that released from The Verge, and it is, quote, wiped out right now. Would listeners let me know if The Verge is a reputable place for news? It is. I want listeners, goddammit. Listeners! As as producer James, who really is our logistics here, it's, you know, if anyone's cross-referencing our sources, it's producer James, and it's a legitimate source. But okay, we'll go with the listeners. He's he's fucking with me, and you're helping. I want listeners to let me know if this is real news. If you could tweet at us at J-O-N underscore P-O-D-C-A-S-T, that's John underscore podcast, let us know if you feel The Verge is a legitimate publication um is is this as of now if i if i go fire up my playstation (laughs) am i if i go into fortnite and press the circle button does nothing happen i think if you fire up your playstation right now there would be an update yeah i think i i don't know i haven't from what i see they added a feature i tried doing it right now and there's a 40 minute queue to get into the game Everybody's so excited about not building anything. Well, I think the servers are still having issues. They said they were back up, but that people were seeing a queue of up to an hour. Wow. Um, Just to enter into the servers. Uh, Not matchmaking or anything to that. Uh, A lot of memes going around about the person who was supposed to put the servers back online still sleeping. Um, You know. But... Does Nick, you play Fortnite avidly? You're, I mean, I play with you, and I, I you know, I kind of just like to tag along and get the victories that you and the gang uh, earn. But how do you feel about this? In theory, let's say it's real. Before, since you know, you haven't confirmed it yet with your New York Times, with Forbes, source, or with Forbes. I am excited to try it out. Because I cannot build for shit. And anytime I run into someone who's building fortresses before I can reload, usually take me out. Because that is a handicap that I haven't been able to learn how to do that properly. That being said, it's one of the features of the game that make it recognizable from the list of other Battle Arena style games. So it's strange to me that they would take that out. Although, I I just had the thought, understanding the way that now Fortnite like started making itself distinct as having the building, but now when I think of Fortnite, I more think about the ridiculous licensing agreements that they've pulled off, and the characters from all different areas of media, from, from different uh, IP holders, all intermingling and... <clears throat> I'm wondering if that, in a a metaverse sort of way of we we want people to come and and hang out here and and be Superman and uh, your friend is Spider Man and you got a Stormtrooper buddy and and you beat Rick Sanchez uh, to death with a Morty. Exactly, like that. That's a thing that is distinct from any other game I can think of. Uh, like nobody else has cracked that nut of bringing so many different properties from different corners of video games and movies and cartoons and what have you. It's wild. Yeah, I agree. And it's true. I think it'll still bring in newer, younger folks, but I think like a lot of the streamer types, I don't know how much that helps the business model or whatever, but I think they will be pissed off. And... Yeah, it'll be interesting because I feel for me in my experience, um, builders are the best ones I've come across are keyboard and mouse players. Um, and it's a big advantage for them. I th- predict kind of to piggyback on what you said. Yeah, I do feel streamers are, they might be a little pissed. Some are going to, you know, just go along with it because they have agreements with Fortnite. That's their, you know, bread and butter. So whatever features come out, they kind of are going to champion but I think you'll see the keyboard and mouse players probably a little upset because it does even the playing field, like you said, a bit and make it more of a conventional battle royale. That's the name of the 
goddamn game system. <laughs> but two, because this is already when I was like sending this out to some friends and just getting their perspective. Um, I already had two that were like, I have to check this out again now. Because building was the one thing I hated about Fortnite. And now they had already started seeing that the IPs uh, that they were collecting, little features here and there. And finally, this seems to be the thing that's like, okay, it is different enough that I need to check this out. I do believe they'll bring it back. I think they are trying to... And I don't know, because I thought it was pretty much, mind you, I'm not an avid builder when I play, but I've, it seemed like a fine-tuned process. But it very well is, it seems like they've written this in to, one, see how this makes the gameplay, if this brings in new users, or if this makes it where users drop off. We don't know how long it lasts. They could easily throw it in mid-season and bring it back, which has happened. We've seen plenty of features go in and out, um, remember when you could, you know, burrow and tunnel when that was a thing? And it's, you know, now in the past. I think it would be, if I'm guessing, they're going to fine-tune it, release it as a story, but this was always planned, and there's going to probably be a new feature into building. I don't know how, outside of maybe making it a little more easier for beginners and controllers, like maybe there will be different tiers as to how you can control your building having more of an advanced control system where you can control it and have the ins and outs but then maybe beginner where you do have help and things like can be a little more automated for you i don't know we should all go update our playstations sure all i know is we did get three wins in a row before we logged off last night i'm sorry john don't be sorry for winning this is true in other news, James, I'm going to read you a headline. Okay. And I want to just get your initial reaction to it, okay? I'll give you the headline okay. and a little mm -hmm. context into it. And mm -hmm. go in. Exclusive. This is from Mirror, a UK publication. So mirror.co.uk. Exclusive. Hugh Grant tipped to be new Doctor Who and Marvel-style makeover for hit show. So, uh, Russell T. Davies is going to be taking over as showrunner again for the 60th anniversary in 2023. Uh, Davies is keen for the four weddings and a funeral star at 61, Hugh Grant, to bring a fresh feel to the role. So, it's not the first time that Hugh Grant had been in the mix of this. Uh, he played the Doctor in a 1999 comic relief sketch, but he did turn down the role in 2007 when Russell T. Davies offered it to him when they were rebooting the show. James, how you feeling? I don't know. I haven't watched the last couple years of Doctor Who. Uh, it's, it's on a list of shows that I intend to go back to at some point, but given the show has gone through several showrunners since him. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm curious as to if this is a, a signaling of the series uh, changing direction moving forward after the 60th anniversary thing, or if this is, he's coming up back uh, for the, the nostalgia the same way that uh, in the 50th anniversary special, uh, Tom Baker showed up. Uh, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious. I'm also curious uh, as to if Hugh Grant is actually interested in doing this now. I know he's... Uh, I want to say he's been in some TV stuff recently, hasn't he? He was in The Undoing. Hmm which, in my opinion, was great up until the end. When Hugh Grant shows up. No, it was not when Hugh Grant shows up. He was fantastic all the way through. How dare you? Nick, how do you feel about this? I don't know. I, I think it would work better as a special where he pops in, hey, I'm the doctor, for the episode, and then we get somebody... 
Not as famous. Not, not... I was going to say, he's a little too famous for this. Yeah, it's not... Part of the charm is, is that it's usually somebody you've only seen a couple of times. And this sort of makes them the, the household name for a while. If I, if I may take uh, as an example the 50th anniversary special in which uh, I believe John Hurt appeared yeah. as a surprise doctor that mm-hmm. was, was hidden from the history of the show, but was there for an episode, was the doctor canonically, or, or was that, that being for that period of time uh, that the show just sort of hand-waved and said we, we hid that away and, and forgot about it? Uh, so there is like a precedent of a, a famous actor coming in for an episode to be the doctor for a special. So that may be what, he, what we end up getting here. I feel like Jodie Whittaker was known when she got... I mean, outside of being the first mm-hmm. female doctor when she got it. So it feels like... I didn't know who she test- was. Huh? I didn't know who she was. Well, she was. She might not have been known as much in American uh, television, but in UK, she, very much. She had prominent roles in a lot of um, UK television shows um, and guest stars. And I feel like that kind of tested the waters a bit. Um. I don't know. It would, it would feel that that would kind of be a way to, not only retain the, you know, viewers they have now, but truly try to push it and expand it into American culture again. Um, Hugh Grant, the heart of American culture. Well, I think Hugh Grant, when he was coming out in the Undoing, was trending a lot. It had been a while since we had seen him in, um, I think the the role before that um, was the one with Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, did you hear about the Morgans? Did you hear about the Morgans? Yeah. So that was 2009. Uh, it was in Cloud Atlas in 2012. Uh, Man from Uncle. The Gentleman in 2019. The Man from Uncle in 2015. Was pretty good. Uh, but also, in addition to The Undoing, uh, it looks like there's a very English scandal, which was right. a uh, TV miniseries. Um, I would say then from the American standpoint, because I know a very British scandal was BBC. Um, the Gentleman and The Undoing came out pretty much like The Gentleman came out, I believe, towards the end of 2019. I remember seeing that. It was a fall release. And then The Undoing came out the following year um, in the spring, in 2020. I think he's, I, he's the great actor. People in the least. It, it, if you're going to throw in someone who's beloved within the British entertainment, uh, film and TV, but also equally has that charm in America, it is easily Hugh Grant for the character they're trying to fill with the doctor cuz Hugh Grant in like even it, or even let's just say if it's a special let's just say it's like a one episode special I'd still be very excited so the fact that they're considering like what if this could be a series or a season even maybe I do agree with you Nick part of the charm though is that it is not as big like too late. You already sold actors. me. Huh? Too late. You already sold me. It's you granted. Uh, yeah, that's it? Yeah. I can sell you on that, but not on the Fortnite that, and The Verge being a legitimate publication? Not till Forbes tells me. Fine. Fine. You know what was probably in Forbes? We work. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's... I'm, I'm sure that you could type in Forbes, we work, and there'll be an article there. We're going to be talking about We Crashed, premiering on Apple TV+, Plus, starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. Before we get into it, this is your spoiler alert. If you have not seen any of We Crashed, uh, we are giving you the heads up now. I uh, While watching... The first three episodes of We Crashed, 
sent you a text message that I was taking copious notes and had to remind myself that you were at work uh, and you had not watched this yet and I, I couldn't text you and start referencing things that were happening in episode three because I, I wanted to talk to somebody about this as it was happening and realize like, oh, wait, this just came out and you're at work. Uh, well, this and is, that's because I thought... I got to like, sit on this. I hope you kept your notes. Oh, I did. Typically, Friday is a pretty chill day at work. And so I thought it was going to be like, yeah, you know, maybe around like my lunchtime, take a late lunch and watch this, like an episode of it. And man, I had my work cut out for me. No, the, the, the week wanted me to earn my weekend. Um, but I watched it as soon as I got home. And let's get in to We Crashed. Come with me and let's build the future together. It's interesting because this cause and effect of everything like this is part of the reason why I have my current job. So I'll say to that, I had a buddy who worked at WeWork during this time. And when WeWork had its big, like, kind of meltdown when they were halted from going public and Adam Newman was voted out as CEO by the board, they axed about half or more than half the company. A buddy of mine was a part of those layoffs, got severance, but when he went back out into the, you know, searching for a job, it was a lot harder. And luckily he found a job literally, he tells me, the um, last week he had enough severance to like pay the bills and stuff. He gets a job, solid, here we go. And he vowed to be the person for others that he wish he had. Um, when it came to like finding a job. And so when I came to looking to transition from one job to another, he was there for me and like had literally an encyclopedia of all this stuff of like just, you know, interview questions that, uh, that you would commonly see for the field we we're going into. Um, and it was awesome. And that was a product of this. Um, and he remembers it. He remembers this whole time. And so it's interesting that it's, that was not, that was 2018. So not even five years ago. And here we are with the series. And it's something, James, you, I think, were feeling as well, bringing up the point that these stories ripped from the headlines are so still very fresh and new. Well, not only are they stories that are from within the last couple of years, but also there are multiple series like this, fictional adaptations of stories from the headlines of people doing shady business things. Uh, the uh, the dropout, the the Amanda Seyfried starred uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth Holmes uh, show is is a there couple episodes into it's it's currently coming out. Uh, Inventing Anna came out a couple weeks ago as a. a all-in-one drop from Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, she, I think, uh, is a very similar type of person as all of these stories are about that just didn't have the opportunity of the project she was trying to get off the ground actually coming together. And, like, if she had got the loans uh, to, to come through as she was expecting and, and had actually uh, started her foundation as she had planned, then would probably be more recognizable in a, an analog to these other series. Uh, I don't know enough about the story of Uber to, to necessarily lump in Super Pumped, but it seems like a similar sort of tech bro uh, get, wrestling with a lot of power and uh, having high stakes conversations with powerful people uh, and, and trying to carve out her, uh, his. Um, it's it's an interesting sort of moment that is happening right now uh, in television that I wanted to call out that yeah. uh, <clears throat> I, I didn't put together until watching this show and realizing like, oh, there are correlations. I'm seeing similarities to this and in, uh, Inventing Anna, which I watched uh, before. And yeah, I think it, it's all new because 
these companies haven't been around long. The first time that we've seen something to this, and I can't think of anything prior to this movie, so if you can, please jump in, was The Social Network. It was the first time that we saw a internet-driven company like, and see the story of it being created. Because typically when we saw stories of things being created, it was middle-aged white men. And now from what we see with different entrepreneurs, when from the social network, it was a college kid who then became a millionaire and all the th adolescent things that come, you know, when you're in college, early 20s and everything to it and add on top of that the business. Um, I mean, there is the, the Steve Jobs cinematic universe, uh, a number of movies dating back yeah. to the 90s with Pirates of Silicon Valley uh, telling that story. But as That's you say, true. that was them literally putting together a physical, tangible thing in a garage and, and selling it to people. Uh, so a bit different of a, a kind of story about a company to tell than something that is so intangible and, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. Nick, you had mentioned to me you had not heard of what WeWork was beforehand, correct? That is correct. Did you get a grasp of it as you watched? Uh, yeah, it's where you go to work with the fuck closet. <laughs> Very true. Where is the fuck closet anyway? <laughs> where is the fuck closet? I'm glad that he didn't know. I'm glad too. That was a great like but also that he his first reaction was just like, "Oh, where is that?" Not like we should not have that. This is not okay. Um that would have been a better response to that. Uh <laughs> They're all flawed as we see. Yeah, and since they reference Facebook, this actually takes place in the same universe, the social network. I mean, it's our universe. And Uber. They I, reference Uber. Don't forget that. He's going to send an Uber for the IT kid. Oh, yeah. It's a company I've heard of. Let's start with episode one and how this opens up. So for me, it's not yet that it's predictable because we haven't yet had enough of these movies. But it is starting, in my opinion, to sometimes become a formula that if you're talking about a company, you start with the end you know, that's where we, as you wrote down, I love your note because I thought the same thing, James, outside in the first, which was Anthony Edwards. Who also uh, played a, a lawyer uh, business type guy in Inventing Anna. He was the, the like lawyer that she got on board to help grease the wheels and, and help put things together. Are we having I, I think songs? he's having a little bit of a, a moment uh, playing people that were hoodwinked by uh, the protagonists of these shows. Anthony Edwards coming back. Soon they'll learn the ER days and realize that George Clooney was on a television show. Um, you open up with the, you know, towards the end where... They put in bold letters September 2018, and this was when we the headlines came out that he was voted out from the board. So if you know that beforehand, you know that, okay, this is what's coming. If you don't know, you can they kind of are foreshadowing like something is going on. They take a vote, and Anthony Edwards tells his assistant, get him down here. Call his people, get him down here. So you know that something's going up. And the way that they open and introduce Adam, living this luxurious and lavish life, introduce Rebecca talking to her contractor about a claustrophobic kitchen. And when we see a master shot of it, see the exact opposite of what she's describing. So we already kind of see um, her characteristics and her nuances. And... We quickly transitioned from them going from their home to the office, the assistance between just fighting to have their attention, them not really treating any of the assistants like human beings, just more like 
robots that do tasks for you. And then we're met with him going to the board, uh, going to the office of the board, uh, finding out that the board called an emergency meeting, being very worried, kind of seeing that sense of urgency. And immediately, when he's going to walk into the boardroom, transition to a flashback. So we get the pretty much the, quote, end of the story straight to the beginning. Um, we've seen it in different ways. In the social network, it was a more subtle, and I love still the transition of time jumps in between. We had the social network open up with just what could have been the initial spark that started Facebook, a conversation to that, and in between jumped ahead to the litigation part of Mark being sued. So here we have it at the end, him about to enter the boardroom to the beginning of his serial entrepreneur ventures. Nick, how did you like your introduction to Adam and Jared Leto playing him? Oh, I didn't expect to hear any kind of accent from him, so that was jarring immediately. I didn't like him initially, but halfway, I guess, through the first episode to the second episode, I was really charmed what about you, him or anything in particular won you over? Was there any moment or anything that he said that resonated with you? I think when I got to see him spin the green desk with Miguel and then him eventually giving Miguel credit, I think that's, that's where he won me over. Agreed. The first inkling I got of it is, for me, was when, after he finds out from his assistant that the board called an emergency meeting, and he's hitting himself in the face, like, pull it together, pull it, like, talking to him. It's kind of like, like, you know, Rebecca comes in, says the door's open. I just got an inkling, like, okay, like, he's scared. Like, there's some, there's a little bit of human moment there. Um, But what kind of oddly solidified it was at the end after he's been informed that they've voted him out and in the elevator he's just there and Rebecca just turns to him and says are we done pouting and just the littlest bit of him like almost losing it you can see a tear in his eye come down and it's he's been humbled like a motherfucker and it's interesting I, it, it was a very hmm but there's still moments that he's such an asshole. I was about to say, are, are you guys both on board with him? No, I, I, I am on board with him as pretty much a great three-dimensional, like, anti-hero, hero at time. It's He really sells me in this WeWork business. There are equal moments. Like... Yeah, like there are. I've moments... got bad news for you, Nick. It doesn't work out. Are they still yeah. around? They're hey. still around. But uh, we'll, we can not to the evaluation that they had. Not anywhere near. More of a humbling number for them. Um, but he, he has moments where he's just uh just an ass but then moments where it's pretty genuine and it's it makes for a very complex character um i'm not saying i no i'm not saying i'm fully on board but i can't say like nope hate him like that's it i can't give any definitive answer whatsoever i'm literally on the fence for all the good reasons because they are they're compelling on both sides, and that just, to me, is like great writing for the character. James strokes his beard and contemplates. No, I, uh, I, I feel like I made a note uh, in the first episode towards the end, and I put an asterisk next to it before I sent you the note. Okay. And I put an addendum at the end. And the note was, I need to see an interview of Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto acknowledging that these are horrible people. And then the addendum I added at the bottom, the the footnote, if you will, 
was by episode three, I realized the the listening tent scene, like this is this is an acknowledgement of yeah no this is these these are characters doing a thing these are people that are making decisions that uh, maybe aren't great and we're we're acknowledging that by playing this as straight as we are like it's it's I I find myself having uh, similar feelings to like Succession where like most of these characters I I am not rooting for but I am very interested to see what they're going to do to each other Agreed. and how they're going to, to figure out ways of, of hurting each other. Like less so in, in the, the type of drama that is unfolding here, but like this is a story of a man who got a guy drunk and made him sign paperwork under a dare and then threatened to blackmail him uh, when he talked about pulling out of the agreement. Like, it's not a literally in that scene uh the the guy that he's talking to says the phrase and i made that another note uh you're a good dude and then there's a reaction shot of jared leto leaning up against a wall and he tilts his head back and he closes his eyes and he says well and i feel like that's a a good sort of summation of he recognizes he knows that what he's doing is shitty but also he needs to get his and he wants to to bring people along and has maybe a a good mission in mind of trying to improve the world with a communal workspace but also they did say in that first scene that they had had taken out something like 380 million dollars against what they actually had and Mm -hmm. that was going to come back to roost that that wasn't a thing that was going to go away and that was a problem and i don't know it actually leads me perfectly uh, into the next point, which is his sales. So we see a lot of different him selling Miguel, him selling for the investors, uh, Green Desk, everything. I wanted to know from so far from the sell, what has been your favorite sell and why? And you can get abstract with this too, but more so because we are focusing a lot on Adam in when it comes to selling and Rebecca in her finding her place in um, the world of WeWork. Ultimately, by the end, we see that she is, you know, the queen in all regards and like chess, the power. Um, But we, when we start, we don't see her there yet. We see, you know, inklings of it, but yeah. What has been your favorite sell so far like in show pitch yeah when he sells the Russian guy on WeWork that's by far the best one he immediately buckles down knows exactly how to spin that guy and then talks about WeWork with a gleam in his eye it's everything about that completely sold me on the project would you have invested right then and there Nick if I had money which I never will so no it's wasted I'll give him 18 cents James I gotta go with the baby knee pads Uh, he had a baby actor wearing uh, a little outfit of his own design with knee pads, there was a great explanation that just because a baby can't tell you that it's hurting doesn't mean that it isn't. And, and you know, if you were crawling around on your knees all day, you would probably also have sore knees. So uh, the fact that he, in that scene, both uh, pulls out money to bribe the baby to come over to him because the baby's not cooperating is just staying still when he's trying to get it to get him. <laughs> I just said it. Uh, as he did uh, get the the baby to walk or crawl over to him Uh, yeah and says uh, it was doing this earlier or it it, it did it earlier uh, I promise uh, in a a very like ooh don't call a baby an it (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go with the friendly drink from the neighbor him pitching to his neighbor to come over it's not weird to have a drink and ultimately we see that 
he partakes in his neighbor's food and, you know, gets his neighbor to bring the booze. Yeah, sister probably never showed up. I feel like the sister did show up, but I feel like they ate all his food. James, do we know how many episodes they have slated for this? Uh, looks like eight. Eight. Okay. Running now through uh, April 22nd. Yeah, there's a lot of Apple products in the show for some reason. Weird, huh? Weird. Weird how that goes. Uh, also wanted to point out uh, Miguel's white MacBook. Uh, if I remember correctly, the scene in which uh, that computer is passed around took place in 2008, but the unibody white plastic uh, clamshell model of the MacBook came out in 2009. So here's the thing. Uh, now that John doesn't work there, I, I feel comfortable saying... Uh, John and I both used to work at Apple, and I can say from experience, uh, a lot of uh, corporate positions were filled by uh, what are called career experiences for uh, retail employees taking on uh, a new job for a couple months while receiving their retail pay. And one of those was a position to check for accuracy of Apple products being used on film sets. So, I'm just saying, I, I think somebody uh, from retail maybe missed a thing. I, I don't want to point any fingers. I just... Judges hit himself in the face. They're coming for you now. And I'm surprised. Well, I, I just feel bad that... Um, I just, you know... I feel bad because it's... Um, you know, Courtney's going to lose her job now, but... Oh, well. I'm sorry, okay. That's such a specific example, man. If, if you don't know that person. Who says I don't know that person? And we continue. You may actually know that person. <laughs> um, Apple's weirdly like a really big company, but also a pretty small company. It's, it's, it's true. It's true. No fuck closet, though. Yeah. Well. The lady who they hired in the coffee shop I want to know where she's currently at after episode 3 I didn't see her around um, she may have been back at the office holding things down while everybody else went to summer camp yeah from everything I read those summer camps that is all real I believe it there's information out on there there's a podcast this is based off of the podcast by Wondery We Crashed we're doing a podcast based on a show based on a podcast? Yes, we are. Yeah. And James, that might be the best title we get. Yeah, I'm interested to see. So if we have five episodes left, I'm interested to see what they do filling that five episodes. Because we haven't seen much of anything after he is fired yet since then. Since they walked out to Katy Perry. I mean, it, I mean, I would like him to just lose everything but I mean most CEOs when they get fired like that there's a huge package so he's probably still super rich right I believe so yeah one thing we did not see Gwyneth Paltrow in the opening aside from Gwyneth Paltrow you are correct was Miguel (laughs) Jared Little kills him and then he lies to Denzel Washington about it you know what? If that happens, if that happens, I. It's the little things. Oh my god. Uh, can I also call out real quick uh, a a particular thing in an acting that I appreciate is when a good actor portrays bad a, actor, a bad actor, someone that is bad at acting, and. I had the the thought in episode two uh, of this is Anne Hathaway doing a a master class in this. And then from the bits of flashbacks to her uh, acting coach in episode three, again, like doubling down on the, the juxtaposition of Anne Hathaway being a good actor running through these lines with another actor and, and having a very emotional 
performance cut to Anne Hathaway and another actor delivering those same lines but in this case she is acting and is very like pronounced in the way that like someone that isn't an actor would perhaps try to to do I don't know as as a person who is not an actor I am impressed with that sort of thing and uh hopefully we see more of it as the series goes on because that accent that she busted out in episode two was terrific <laughs> so atrocious why why uh, also the the guy in the flashbacks who look who plays her brother looks like the guy who plays her boyfriend and i thought she was fucking her brother i got confused about that for a second yeah that let's do our tofu ratings this is your first time listening to us here at john's mostly movie podcast as most other podcasts and review sites rate their content by stars, we here at John's Mostly Movie Con... Fuck. I, I fucked it up, man. That's it. That's it. Can't do it. Just scrape scrape the episode. Scrape it? You mean scrap it? See? Can't even do that! Also, when you said uh, axed something like whatever amount of people... I thought you were saying he asked something like as in like he asked me something but you but you said axe instead of ask. He axe murdered half of the staff. I'm very sorry that your friend died. <laughs> I knew some people that worked there too. They're more like acquaintances, it's okay. It was a bloodbath. Um all right. Let's let's try this again. <laughs> Fingers crossed, everybody. So let's. Uh, let's... Do, do you have it like typed out in front of you? Nope. Okay. If this is your first episode here at John's Mostly Movie Podcast, we don't rate movies and shows with stars. We rate them with the star of John's household, Tofu, his dog. So how many tofus? did this show get from you? That was terrific. Yeah, that was fantastic. We're going to have to just cut and use that. (laughs) I think for me, the acting so far has been phenomenal. Um, Jared Leto's great. He portrays a well-written, complex character who is very quick to hate but then you are softened by his charm. I still am not, I still want to see where the story goes. I mean, I know I can read a headline or Google it, but I'm interested to see from a dramatic standpoint what we see and where the story goes from there. I would recommend this to viewers, um, but... My rating's going to be three and a half tofus. It's, it's just misty, missing something that I can't put my finger on. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <sighs> that it is. Gwyneth Paltrow. James. Mm. You, you talk about the character of Adam Newman. Uh, you, you become softened to him. And, and perhaps rooting for this guy. Uh, I, I wrote down in my notes for episode three uh, two quotes from him that came out over the course of the first handful of minutes. Uh, the first in his response to people freaking out about Rebecca saying that uh, it's, it's part of a woman's job is to support a man uh, at one point, he responded, I can't even remember what Rebecca said. And the second quote that I have is, uh, as Rebecca is dealing with the emotion, emotional turmoil trying to write out this letter of recommendation for her father, uh, and Adam comes home and, and wants her to come join the party and, and get dressed, and we're going to go have a, a silent rave. And she doesn't want to and is is in bed depressed uh going through a thing and he says i'm not taking no for an answer 
and I had this this moment piecing together like, oh, that's that's how he interacts with every conversation that he's had in this show. Every interaction that he's had with another person is a dynamic of there there is something that I can gain from this person and there is some I, I, I'm friendly as I'm doing it, but I have an end goal in talking to, to this person. And I feel like those two quotes kind of are a distilled version of him as, as he is portrayed in this show, as just ruthlessly pushing forward, trying to, to make his thing happen. Um, which, again, all the shows that I was uh, talking about at the top of the episode... Uh, have a similar sort of uh, character profile and also all those Steve Jobs uh, biopics and and movies about uh, other companies getting started Um, point being spoiler alert Jobs wasn't nice yeah uh, it it may well be in order to do things like this you have to be a little bit of an asshole Uh, at at least there are many representations of that kind of story point being uh all that said, I am fascinated by the portrayals that are going on. Uh, the the acting is fantastic. Uh, I I don't like the people in it, but also am excited to see more of it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a four. Four tofu. Four tofus. Nick. I should save yours for last. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um. I can shuffle it around. All right. Yeah, just three tofus for me. Three tofus. Okay. It's the. I like the setup of we don't really have a lot of money, and let's light heat and steel and work our way up to becoming comfortable, and. By the end of episode three, they suck. They've they've lost that underdog narrative which they start with, and I am not interested in watching what happens to rich assholes. Especially since I they gave me kind of an ending there, so like I I, I got the gist of where this is headed, and uh, the, everyone doing. Everyone in the show is doing a phenomenal job. It's just, I'm not interested in the real story enough to where I want to commit to to finishing it. I remember having the thought after the pilot of, really, I, I feel like this could have just been a movie. You could have taken the, the bookend structure that you've got here and takes whatever stuff is introduced in later episodes, make this an hour and a half to two hours. Like, I don't know why this is a show. And by the end of the the third episode, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm into these characters enough in a way that like, again, I don't support them. I don't, I don't like them, but I'm, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, gents, uh, before we get out of here, what's going to be on your television this next week? Next big thing for me on the silver screen is going to be Doctor Strange. What does that come out? Uh, May 5th. That came out in 20... Oh. <laughs> that was several years ago. I saw it in theaters. He time traveled. Never happened. <laughs> uh, Nick, what will be on your television? Moon Knight, whenever that's available. Uh, end of the month. I think it starts uh, next week. James? Uh, I'm excited for Severance continuing. Uh, mm-hmm. That has been uh, terrific. And every every time that we finish an episode, we're now just waiting for the next one to come out. So When that finishes, uh, we will talk about it here. I hear a Mr. Softy. Um, it is spring. <laughs> you guys have Mr. Softy. Elementary returns. What? There's a Mr. Softy. Up? Yeah, there's Mr. Yeah. Softy's up here. I, I can I can hear it through John's mind. Uh, well, see, I have ice cream men. Yeah, that's a Mr. Softy. Mm. Let's see, my guy's not a Mr. Softy. It's a. My guy's just an ice cream, ice cream man. man. 
Mr. Softy is only in TV shows, and movies. I, I... No, it's it's and it's also New York. New York, yeah, it's down here. Did you, did you want me to take the they're, camera they're down real. to go to Mr. Softy? No, I, I've been in New York like two or three times. I've never seen one. They don't exist. You guys are fuck with me. Until Forbes you also didn't see pigeons. puts out a magazine, lets me know that they're Mr. Softies. I guarantee you, Google Mr. Softy and Forbes. <laughs> doing it do you want this you really want this truth what do we got a uh, queen's teenager is charged in the killing of mr soft <laughs> oh my goodness see he's dead i'm clicking the link to see oh mr softy driver uh. okay <laughs> still terrible i'm so this is from 1988. Uh, but yes, uh, Forbes corroborates that Mr. Softy does in fact exist. Until he's murdered. There you go. <laughs> Only one of the drivers was murdered. Mr. Softy himself was not. That was just where Google cut off the, the headline. If you two have never had a Mr. Softy, if you don't believe that Fortnite no longer has building right now until Forbes magazine puts it out, if you want to just let us know what you think about this last episode, send us an email at emails at johnsmostlymoviepodcast.com. That's John, J-O-N, no H there. And you can follow us at J-O-N underscore podcast on Twitter. I'm John. That was Nick. Goodbye. And saying goodbye will be producer James. Bye. We're out. James is frozen. Yeah, I heard a weird noise. And he's back. Can you hear us? Can you see us? No, he can't. He's gone. No. And he's back? Is he back? I'm back. Don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. No yeah, problem. Just knows you're bad again. I'm probably gonna cut all this out. <laughs> um, the, the, James's catchphrase. I'm gonna cut this out. I mean, it would be if you kept it in. <laughs>